Hey lady, I am so freaking jazzed that you're here. My name is Emily and I am a clinical social worker deeply passionate about what's going on in between our ears. I am here to help build up your toolbox against self-doubt, social comparison, and nasty self-talk to help keep you kind to your mind. You know, we all have something going on in that noggin of ours that isn't always kind. So let's put in the legwork and flex those mindset muscles so that we can move the mountains we were meant to freaking move. Let's go. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to another freaking interview episode. I am so honestly excited does not even cut it today. I am so hyped to be sharing this interview with you because I had the honor of sitting down with the amazing Courtney. She is a dear friend of mine. We took the same podcasting course together and she is now the host of Chasing Courage. She is also just a kick butt mama, something that I am not able to speak to. So I brought her here today to chat with you about mommyhood and mental health and how those two fit in the same space and her journey of that in between. So here she is. I'm so, so excited. Here's Courtney. All righty. Well, my kind minder friends, I have someone pretty freaking cool with us here today. Her name is Courtney. And um, she is a mama, a fellow podcaster, and, and someone that I deeply, deeply admire when it comes to their own mental health journey. So Courtney, thank you so much for being here, uh, for taking the time out to, to chat with my Kind Mind folks. Uh, first of all, who are you? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about you, your passion projects, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so I am a fellow Ohioan. Yes, uh, like, you are. Like Emily. <laughs> and um, I'm 31 years old. I'm married. I have a almost two and a half year old uh, baby boy. Mm-hmm. Um, we we live up by Lake Erie, which I love. Um, my day job um, is kind of something I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, I mean, for the time being, I am a billing and scheduling coordinator for HVAC company. Um, okay. But that's not like the big plan goal picture. The passion job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my passion project right now is for mm-hmm. sure my podcast. Um, okay. Tell us keep- about that. <laughs> yeah. That keeps me motivated to go to the day job. Absolutely. To bring in money to support the the project, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. What is your that? podcast? Yes. I started that back in June um, and it is called Chasing Courage and it is all about um, mental health and personal development for new moms. Yes. Yes. And I'm super excited because by the time this episode is released, we will also have an episode where you and I sit down and chat over on Chasing Courage. So I am super excited for the Kind Minders to go jump over there and check it out. That was an amazing conversation to sit down with you. So thank you so much for that too. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, No problem. So much fun. So much fun. Um, And we talked about some really, really big, big stuff. Um, And we're going to do the same here. So you, um, we chatted a little bit before about how you've had your own journey with mental health, your own experience with, 
with that whole fun <laughs> journey. So tell us a little bit about that journey in general. Yeah. Um, I would say I probably started dealing with like anxiety, depression type stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, sophomore year of high school, probably okay. to be pretty specific about it. Um, I don't believe that I went on medication until I was in, in college. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up with what appeared on the outside as like the perfect family. Um, okay. but on the inside, we were struggling a lot with, um, a sister who had a drug addiction, a father who was battling alcoholism. Got it. Got um, it. you know what I mean? Just not really the easiest stuff to deal with when you're For sure. 16, 17 years of old. Course. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then, yeah, just in college, it really got to be like the typical, I mean, I'm sure that your listeners are familiar because you have the whole mental mental health sphere, but like yeah, just the yeah. general like panic attack, like textbook, like mm. I'm freaking out and I feel like I'm having a heart attack and I can't catch yep. my breath. Yep. And there's also really no specific reason why. Mm. Um, so that was frustrating for me. Like my first panic attack, I was sitting on a couch in my college apartment watching a movie, eating ice cream with my boyfriend. Mm. Like how much more chill and perfect can life get? But yet right, that's when I was right. experiencing complete panic. And in that, I just have to ask you about that specific situation because it's yeah. so, so relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, we, especially people that experience panic attacks, I don't know where the heck that came from. Yeah. I don't know why I legitimately feel like I cannot breathe right now. Yeah. My brain is able to tell me, Okay, Emily, you're fine. Courtney, you're fine. You can breathe. You are physically breathing. Mm -hmm. But this panic, like, were you able to identify what started that? What what sent you into that panic? Or was it, were you able to identify a cause, I guess I should say? Yeah. In the moment, I could not. Um, but okay. later okay. In, in therapy sessions, I was. Okay. Um, my therapist that I saw in college through my university um, which shout out to Otterbein University. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Ohio. <laughs> right? She, my, that therapist was amazing. And she taught me, A, the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety attack. So important. Right? Yes. And, um, you know, so then we were just able to unpack that, yes, even though I'm sitting there in what should be a calm, relaxing situation right. with somebody I love and care about, I'm safe. Um I did have all those things going on back at home that just mm, in the way mm -hmm. back of my mind was still just, I mean, it was, it was taking over my mind. Essentially yeah. my mind was still hostage and I couldn't be present where I was. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such an important distinction between, am I having a panic attack? Am I having an anxiety attack and, and calling out, right? Like I have all these other stressors in my life that are going on. Right. I may yeah. not be consciously thinking about them, but you were also in a place where your body was able to relax just a little bit Yes, to bring that to the forefront to where, okay, yeah, now it's time to panic about those things. Yes. Yeah. Such a good example. Such it's a like good example. It's like you slow down enough that your brain is like, oh, wait, remember? Absolutely. Your body's like, wait, no, we're not used to relaxing. We're used to being in like fight or flight mode. Right. Absolutely. Such a good example. Yeah. So- when it comes to, you mentioned like, yeah, I went to go seek out a therapist. What really motivated you? What was the moment where you were like, okay, yeah, I need some extra help with this. So this is a two-part answer. And you tell me if you want me to go into it all now sure, or some go later. For it. Because 
the time where I went to go see a therapist in college was mm-hmm. a very different situation than when I went to go seek a therapist after I had my son. Okay. Got it. Got it. So in college, it was just very much, um, it was really the panic anxiety driven mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I would be lying if I said I didn't have a encouragement from my parents to, to okay. go see somebody. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't against it by any means, yeah. but they just were very much a part of the encouragement process to go sure. do that. And obviously being at the university and they have all those resources right there. It was just really easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess in the first initial encounter with therapy, a lot of people have this experience of almost like therapist shopping, right? Like you try to figure out who is going to fit with my personality. Who am I going to feel comfortable throwing it all out on the table with? Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously you, your first experience was in a university setting. So maybe Mm -hmm. our resources weren't the most you know, vast with that. Right. But what was the first initial experience, would you say, with like a first therapy session? Talk me through that. <sighs> um, so I, with my therapist, you know, like I said, at the university, it was just, mm-hmm. I, there was no shopping experience just Got because it. I was like, okay. okay, I have, there was maybe two or three to pick from and you just, right, right. you know, I'll, I'll take the first available type thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I got so lucky in that circumstance that I hit it off with her immediately. I mean, I felt like I was talking to my mother. Good. Um, Good. So that was amazing. Now, if we fast forward to after I had my son, when I went to therapy for the first time, that was not good. Um, Okay. Okay. I, I was very, and I don't know if it was because I had a such great of a connection with my therapist in college Mm. that I just expected it to be that way. Um, I did do a lot of calling around, a lot of shopping, as you yeah, yeah, yeah. as you use the term, because um, it was my first time to look for myself. Right, and oh, I was just so disappointed. And mm-hmm. it took me seeing that therapist about three times. I think it was after the third time that I was like, "Oh, I just feel I almost feel awkward when I'm sitting yeah. in the room with her." Yeah, and that that's just not how it's supposed to be. No, for sure. For sure. And I think from a, I'm so glad that you mentioned like, yeah, I went there like three times and this just was not feeling right. Yeah. It's a very specific relationship, Mm -hmm. very specific relationship. And I love the fact that you were able to say, no, this isn't cutting it. I need to go somewhere else. No, for sure. For sure. And on the therapist end too, thank goodness that you did. Yeah. Thank goodness that you did. Were you yeah, able I, to, with your son, able to find that therapeutic connection after that second go around? Yes. Um, Good. I say though that I I mm-hmm. was so discouraged after after that initial interaction. Yeah. And again, there was nothing that this therapist did wrong. It's kind of like when absolutely you're, when you're dating, like you yes. go on a date and you're just like, it. This is this isn't a good match. Yes. Right? Yes. Um. So I waited probably six months before I was like, okay, nope, I still need help. I yeah. still need, we, we need to start yeah. the process over again. Yeah. So about six months after the, the failed therapist yeah. shopping experience, then I, I started again. And that would have been, that was last fall. So last like August, September. Um, and yeah. I've been with that therapist ever since. And you guys hit it off afterwards. That second go around was successful. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. I, I'm just so glad that you bring that up because I feel like that's something that so many people shy away from. Mm-hmm. They have an encounter with a therapist and they're like, okay, well, it didn't work. 
Yeah. And they write like it therapy off. therapy no, doesn't work. Right. But really, yeah. that wasn't a great match for you. Yeah. And that's totally fine. You are going to click with different personalities just like you do any other relationship. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Love that so much. Um, so a lot of my listeners, I, I went to Instagram and asked them a couple of different things that, it, that they would want to know about a mother specifically. And obviously, I'm 26. I'm not married. I don't have a family of my own. I'm no expert in this. Yeah. One of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you here because you have you have a little man of your yeah. own and, yeah. and you've had very specific experiences surrounding that. So sort of talk to me about the mental health experience after the birth of your son. So just hearing you say that like gets me kind of um, emotional. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> so yeah. And like, first of all, I just want to touch on the fact that you're like, you know, Hey, I'm 26 and I'm not married. Don't have a kid. And I know that's something that people like us or people like your listeners too. Yeah. We want the best out of life. We want to make the most mm -hmm. out of our life, but there's also just this don't like, don't rush it. Don't settle. <laughs> like all, just all those things. I just want to reiterate that I got married when I was 27. Okay. Um, and then I had my son right before I turned 29. Okay. I thought that I was going to be, can it, are we, can we use curse words on your podcast? Go for it, girlfriend. <laughs> I thought that I was going to be the most kick-ass mama ever <laughs> because my job at that time was, I was a professional nanny. I had been a okay. nanny for yeah, yeah, yeah. four and a half years. I dealt with children, boys and girls, mm -hmm. um, as young as nine months to 10 years old. Yeah. So you've been around the block <laughs> and I, yeah. And I even did like overnights with them and I went mm -hmm. grocery shopping with them. I mean, I literally did so many of the day-to-day -day things mm -hmm. that I was like, I've got this in the bag. Yeah. And <laughs> your, Talk to own, me, girl. <laughs> your own child is so different. I'm sure. Yeah. The biggest thing for me and the biggest thing that my husband noticed too, and I mean, this is straight out of the gate, straight out of, straight out of the womb, literally. Yeah, yeah. When I heard my son cry, there was this feeling of complete defeat mm -hmm. and helplessness and that I would literally do anything in the world to make him stop crying. Yeah, yeah. When I was a nanny, I never felt that. I could hold one kid on one shoulder and the other kid on the other shoulder and they're one's crying, one's screaming and it not phase me. I'm like, all right, I got, like, I got to cook dinner. Like we got to right. clean up. We got to yeah. do homework. If my husband, or my husband, if my husband cries, <laughs> <laughs> if my son, um, and I still struggle to this day and he's almost yeah. two and a half when he cries, I, my, my heart, literally, I can feel it turn. Mm. Sometimes, depending on the way that he's crying, like kids have different ways that they're crying. My oh, stomach hurts. Oh. Um, I will say it's better now because my son is starting to talk. And so he can tell mm. me why. Right, right. Um, but in the God, when they're an infant and they can't tell you why. And I mean, the quickest things you change the diaper and you feed them and that doesn't right. work. Right. I couldn't. I literally felt like the world's worst person. Oh, Courtney, it was, it was, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the worst feeling ever. Oh my gosh. Which is like so far from the truth. I'm over here like, oh my God, she is a badass mama. <laughs> like, are you kidding I me? I know. So talk to me a little bit about, first of all, like the thoughts that were happening in that moment, I'm sure were not fun. 
Yeah. But I'm also sure that this is something that so many new mamas can relate to. Talk to me about the thoughts that were happening. Yeah. I well, and I want to just touch on, you said um, something that so many new moms can relate to, but I think now just with lately the trend in social media, luckily mm-hmm. moms and young moms like our generation are talking about the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Typically, I feel like you see like, oh, like soaking up the baby snuggles or isn't he so precious when he's sleeping and like just all the cute moments. Right, right. Oh, and they were so far and few between mm-hmm. the the cute, sweet moments. Um, the one day that, you know, like I'll never forget and when I had just just bad thoughts, like thoughts that you're embarrassed yeah. about. Um, my husband had just went back to work. And he, he, we did like 10 days. So nothing extravagant. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Like, oh yeah, there's maternity leave. Like let's talk about parental parent leave for all genders. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he left uh, to go to work and I don't even know if it was lunchtime by the time I just had my first breakdown, like being alone with my son and he was crying mm-hmm. and I got so scared and I don't know what I was scared of even to this day, but just, I was almost feeling like an anger towards my son for crying. And I, uh, like, I feel, I feel embarrassed to say that, but it's just, it's, I'm being transparent. Yes. I was like, gosh, stop crying. And like, oh, I just want to sleep. And like, why can't you stop crying? And I got scared. And so I called my husband and I said, I need you to come home. Yeah. And my husband was like, babe, I, I can't like, you know, we Mm -hmm. were just in the hospital for a week. And then I spent a week home with you. Like I gotta be back at work now. And I hung up with him and I called my OBGYN Mm -hmm. and I said, I need to come to your office right now with my child, because if I can't, then I don't know what's going to happen. Like I cannot be alone right now. Oh my goodness. And my OB is awesome. And I will say (laughs) it used to be awesome. I went there and, um, the thing that he told me that resonates with me still when I mm-hmm. feel shitty is the fact that you're sitting in this chair crying and that you made that phone call means you're a freaking awesome mom yes. and that you're doing the best you can do. Yes. You don't know how many moms will sit here at me cold hearted, no emotion, completely disconnected. And that's when you have to worry. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So and I was like, I just, okay. <laughs> yes. And I just have to commend you because I know for a fact, because I've heard it, I've heard little glimmers from other moms that are like shy away from saying those uncomfortable things. Yeah. That's so real. Mm-hmm. That's so real. And you are not the only woman in the universe that has felt this before. Yeah. So I just have to commend you for, first of all, like coming and being vulnerable with us in that. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Because I know there are going to be women that listen to this that are like, holy crap. Like that was me. Yeah. That was me. I had that experience. Yeah. So after this, we've had this, you know, these thoughts that we are very uncomfortable with in this, this relationship with our son that we're trying to figure out and navigate as a new mom. Talk to me about therapy afterwards. So by the time I started to see a therapist on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. um, my son was a fresh one-year-old. Okay. 
So I did seek out therapy very shortly after the incident that I just yeah. spoke of. And that's yeah. when I ran into the therapist where we didn't click. And then I got kind of kind of gave up on it, thought, okay, wait, maybe I don't need it. Um, so I started therapy shortly after my son was one. Mm-hmm. And it was so it was so good for me and like in all areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the job that I was doing at the time, I had stopped being a nanny. Um, that was one thing too, that, you know, some, some moms are, some moms can handle, like I said, it's different with your own child versus others. Sure. But what happened when I brought my own little guy into the world was, okay, there's literally no break from children because right. my job, children and then my home life now has yes. a child. So I needed to get away from that. Mm-hmm. So I went back to a real like office type job. Got it. And I remember I'd been going to therapy for like two months, maybe two or three months. And I would actually go during my lunch breaks from work. And my my boss knew that. Yeah. And I remember him sending me an email after about three months in. And he was like, I just want to commend you on the work that you're doing here. Ugh. Like, I can tell a difference in you in the last couple months. Like, wow. I can tell that there's just a different aura about you. And I mean, he knew that it was because of therapy. And I did too. And so, not, I mean, I was excelling in all areas of my life just because I took that one little step to go talk oh to somebody. Oh my gosh. Wow. And how freaking cool is that, that someone else is able to say like, Courtney, I see yes. the effort that you're putting in and it is not just affecting your home life. Like I see changes in work. I see changes yeah. in your relationship with your son. Like that is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yes. And, <laughs> and while we're on this kind of like, I decided to do some self-care in going to therapy. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about how self-care fits into motherhood in general, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is so important. It is so important. I will say though, so let me preface a little bit about myself personally. Yeah, please. Um, I'm an Enneagram too, which okay. is the helper. Mm-hmm. So my first instinct is always everybody other than myself. Yep. I mean, just a little, like literally just an example. Um, if I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I see the covers are off of my husband, like I'll cover him back up. Oh my goodness. Just like my mind is always yeah. thinking, what can I yeah. do for the other person around me that I care about? Yeah. So self-care was hard, mm. but um, shortly after having my son and going to therapy all around the time when he was about one years old. Um, is also when I got into personal development and personal growth type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that is what really opened the doors for me for like, you know, the whole self-care isn't selfish. Fill right. your cup first. Amen. And, oh, I mean, I'm just so – because the mom that I was from day one to year one yes, to the mom that I was from like his first birthday to now, totally different. Night and day. Wow. Because I'll go take the bubble bath. I'll go send my son to grandma's for the whole weekend. Oh, Courtney, I love it. For the whole weekend. I love it because that's a big question that I've been getting is like, how do you manage? I'm sure mom guilt mm-hmm. is is in the picture, right? And I've had yeah. many of our listeners who are new mamas have asked me, like, I want to know how Courtney navigates mom guilt, but also (laughs) like asking for help from other people like your spouse and your family. Like how have you navigated all of that? Yeah. It, um, 
again, like being somebody who's typically wanting to be the helper, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't really comfortable for me. But once I started seeing the offers over and over again, um, you know, I, I took them everywhere that they, that they came. Uh, and I think that that's so important. You know, if you have the offer, take somebody up on it. Yes. And if you don't have the offer, but you know, you need it. I mean, reach out to, to someone. Right. Right. I mean, ev- even if it's a girlfriend who can come over and I remember I had a girlfriend, um, and she's at the, at the time she was, you know, single living with her parents. So mm-hmm. her life looked different than mine, but I was right. like, will you just come over and like talk with me while I fold laundry? Oh yeah. And I mean, that rejuvenated me for the rest of the yes. day. And I think that, oh, people are just totally missing out if they don't do that. Yeah. Now to mom guilt though, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still, I still feel it. Yeah. I still feel the mom guilt. Like my, my in-laws, they would probably take my son every weekend if we let them. Um, but there's, I'm, I kind of have this sweet spot where after one night with my son, one night without him is perfect. But then after two nights without him, I'm like, okay, I miss him. Bring him back. (laughs) Right. Wait, wait a minute. Where's my little man? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I've heard stories of moms, some girls I went to high school with, um, they have toddlers and they're like, my son or daughter has never spent the night anywhere other than my own Mm. home. And I can understand that. Right. I just know for, for my, where I am and was mentally, um, it's better for me to send my son for somewhere for a couple hours. And now that he's older too, send him to the neighbors to play for a couple hours and come back and everybody's happier. Right. Right. And I just, I love that you, you frame it in a way that's like, no, it doesn't make me a terrible mom to send him to his grandparents for the weekend or send him down the street to play with a neighbor. It makes me a really kick butt mom because I'm able to say, mom needs a break. My son's going to go socialize and we're all going to be happier when we come back. Yes. Absolutely. I love that so, so much. And my biggest question for you before I let you go is... First of all, I guess, what would you tell a new mom that is also experiencing some mental health difficulty? What's your biggest piece of advice you would give her? What would you say to her? Um, don't, okay, the two parts. Don't, mm-hmm. don't try to do it alone. And even by do it, I mean like your feelings too. Yes, yeah. Um, sometimes it would just help to not cry alone. Mm. Um, it's something that they say that pretty much every new mom goes through. They call it the baby blues, where in the first couple of weeks, any mom, whether you're going to have postpartum depression or not, you just are mm-hmm. really emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in the beginning, I just kind of wanted to keep it a secret. Like, so I would go into the bathroom to cry or like, mm. you know what I mean? Just go elsewhere. Yeah. And sometimes it just felt good to just, to just be in it you know, and like, sure, let my husband see what I was going through, even if he didn't understand it. So that would be the first piece of advice. Don't don't try to do it alone. Don't try to hide it. So Um, the second thing would be (laughs) just know that it's so normal. And I mean, if you need to go join a postpartum group on Facebook, or even just search, I mean, gosh, search the hashtag postpartum depression, you will just see 
that it is such a real normal thing. Absolutely. Um, And so long as the fact that you care about the fact that you have anxiety and depression, or if you're worried that you're not being the best mom, just those feelings and those worries is what means you are a good mom. Like, just like my doctor told me that one day. Yes. Yes. So, so good. And I know that you share so many different resources and tools and things over on your podcast, your Instagram page. So where can we find you? Where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Yes. Yes. Um, So my Instagram is, I I, technically, I have two. I have like my personal one, which is just my name, Courtney Winzicki, but you're going to find all specific podcasts and mom content on my Chasing Courage, um, which it's Chasing Courage underscore podcast Perfect. um, on Instagram. And then my podcast comes out weekly on Wednesdays and it is Chasing Courage and it's pretty much available anywhere you can get a podcast. Awesome. Awesome. And I will put all of that down in the show notes, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for just sitting down to chat with us. It was so, I I imagine that I am going to get some, some floods of DMS about, Oh my (laughs) gosh, I relate to Courtney. Like I need to chat with her. So thank you. Just thank you for speaking to this very specific experience um, that I know a lot of women are going to relate to. I appreciate your time so, so much. I love you. No problem. Um, Thank you so much. I will be chatting with you soon, okay? Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Dude, thank you so much for including the kind mind and this weirdo in your journey. If you vibed with this episode, I would love to connect with you on social media. Go take your takeaways to your Instagram story and tag me so I can thank you for spreading a message that is near and dear to my heart. Thank you for letting me sit in the passenger seat of your personal growth journey. I want to hear about the mountains that you are moving. But until next time, stay kind to that mind, girlfriend. I'll talk to you soon.